afternoon, or good evening. Good day, good day. I hope is starting off as an awesome one for you, whatever time you're listening to this at. I hope you enjoyed your weekend. Hope you're enjoying yourself. Hoping you're enjoying your people. I'm hoping you're enjoying your life. And I'm hoping you're getting something out of this podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Chantal Hyde, Canada's dating coach, and you're listening to my dating and relationship podcast. I like to say I make it easy. And hopefully I am. Now, today we are getting back into a super hot topic, talking about cheaters. This is part two of a short series that I'm doing about cheaters. Now, last week we talked about the four different types of cheaters that you'll come across. The narcissist, the insecure, the damaged. And then the last one, the... He wasn't actually in a relationship with you, cheater. You know, and that happens. Oh, does that ever happen? Those are the ones that say, hey, I told you from the beginning. I wasn't in a relationship. I wasn't ready for a relationship. So we're going to talk about these four types today. And we are going to talk about what you do when you realize that you are with one of these four. Now, again, this is not a black and white topic. It would be so easy. It would be five minutes for me if it, if it was so simple. If all I had to say was he cheated, bye-bye. That's it. And on you move on. But it's not so simple. And that's why I wanted to break it down into more than just one podcast. I really wanted to dive deep into this to let you know when you should stay. Yes, there are times when you would stay and when you should go and what you should do in each case. Now, if you haven't listened to last week's podcast about the four different types, go back and listen to that because I break down really the reasons why each of these types will do what they do. And this week, I want to talk about what you need to do when you realize you're with one of these four. So let's dive into this. Now we're going to start with the narcissist because, you know, for me, this is the most dangerous and I really want you to be super aware of the danger of being with a narcissist and and with a cheater who is a narcissist. Now, first of all, narcissists are extremely controlling people. They want what they want when they want it and they control every minute of your day. I have coached women out of relationships with narcissists and the hardest part for them is getting through every moment of the day because every moment is trapped for them. They have to respond immediately to text messages, messages which means they're anxious at their phone because any moment in their mind, they're going to get a message from this person and they need to respond right away. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be hellfire raining down on them. 
And narcissists use anger to control the people around them. They make their anger explosive. And because we are beings that are designed to seek pleasure and avoid pain, we tiptoe around them because we don't want to incite their anger. And that is the purpose of them using anger as a tool. They want you to not question them. And and so it's very difficult for somebody to leave a relationship with a narcissist because they've been trained to not question this other person. But I want to help you be strong. And I want to give you some tools and I want to give you some advice that's going to help you leave this relationship. Now, first of all, you need to know, you need to know, you need to tell yourself, you must go now. There is, there's no point in prolonging this at all. Because all you do is you just maintain the status quo. As long as you're with them, for them, you are serving them. And you need to get out of this relationship that is so one-sided, where the service is to them, but none of the service is to you. And there is no changing a narcissist because for them, their behavior works. And all they will do once you leave them is go find someone else who will bend to their will. So you must leave. And you must be careful because, again, they don't like giving up control. They may simply go on to the next person because it's just too much effort to try and maintain you. Or they may be the type of narcissist who hates to relinquish control. And they will try very hard to maintain control over you because they like what they get from you and they don't want to give that up. So it is important to be safe. It is important to get help. And so use the resources, go to a shelter if you need to, go to a friend's house, go to a family member's home. Make sure you have people around you who are protective and supporting. And use law enforcement if necessary. So what you will do with them is you will say, I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm not going to be with you anymore. You need to leave me alone. I'm cutting contact. You need to back your words up with your actions, which means you need to block them on social media. You need to take screenshots of any messages they send you. You need to keep recordings of any voicemails they send you. And you need to use law enforcement to ensure you have protection. So if you need to get a protective order, then you do that. And you use your screenshots, you use your recordings as backup for what it is that you are saying and if you need to go to court. So very important to remember these when you are leaving a narcissist, ensure your safety, the safety of your children, the safety of your pets. Uh, I have to tell you, I have a charity that I love to donate to. This is the Guelph Humane Society. When I do my speed dating events, I take a percentage of each ticket sale and I give it to them because they have a program called Pets in Transition. And what they do is they put animals in foster homes that belong to women who are going into shelters that do not take animals in because often women will stay in abusive relationships because they care for those that are around them, the children, the animals. Now it's easy to take your, well, I mean, I'm not saying it's easy every time um, because shelter space can sometimes be a little overcrowded, but who's going to say no to a woman taking their children with them, but some shelters say no to taking pets. And so Guelph Humane Society, Pets in Transition, puts those pets in foster homes until the women are back on their feet and then deliver their pets back to them. So I highly recommend you shift a little bit of money their way too. This is a fantastic cause. Now, the second type of cheater that you may find yourself with is 
is the insecure cheater. Now, these are the ones who have low self-esteem and your attention is not enough. They always have an eye out for other women to pay attention to them. And they may cheat with these other women, which is obviously extremely hurtful. And this is a relationship that you must leave because, again, you cannot change him. This is his own issue to deal with. And this is his backup plan for dealing with his low self-esteem. This is how he chooses to elevate himself. And this is not for you to change. So you do leave this type of relationship. And what you need to do is elevate your standards and elevate your own self-esteem. Because here's the thing, like attracts like. And just like he was seeking attention from other women and needing that in order to elevate his self-esteem, you were also needing his attention to elevate your self-esteem. So take some time to assess why you got into this relationship what it was about you that drew you into a relationship with somebody who had low self-esteem, realize that yours needs to be elevated before you seek out your next relationship. Do that work. This is the kind of stuff I work with all the time. Self-love is a huge part of my coaching program because again, like attracts like, and I don't want you to be unclear about what you deserve finding somebody else who's unclear about what they deserve, creating a relationship where both of you are confused about what you need from the relationship. I don't want you to have low self-esteem going into a relationship with somebody with low self-esteem so that you are feeding negativity and negative behaviors into each other. You perhaps wanting to control him so that you feel like you have all of his attention. Him wanting to get attention from so many other people to try to fill his own cup. This is dysfunctional to the core and it will not work. You need to separate yourself from this type of relationship, build yourself back up, redefine what your next relationship is going to be, and then go seeking who that partner is. Now, a third one is the damaged person. This is the one who's operating on a subconscious level when it comes to cheating. Now, you'll see people who abuse drugs, who abuse alcohol, because traumatic things happened in their past, because their childhood was traumatic, because they did not have the proper role models, because they were not loved and cared for and elevated properly. And this creates deep wounds. And let me tell you, there's a cycle that happens when there's abuse. Now, we are born with fundamental knowledge. A baby doesn't need to be taught how to laugh. A baby knows how to laugh. There are things that we just understand on an intrinsic level. It is woven into our DNA. We know right from wrong from the moment we come into this world. And one of the things that we understand is the parents who gave birth to us are the ones who are supposed to protect us. And when those people don't protect us, there's a voice in our head that says, that's not fair. It does not understand why we are not being cared for the way we should be cared for, the way we know we should be cared for. And so that voice, that child voice says, that's, that's not fair. That's not fair. Every time it happens, 
that's not fair. And then we get older, our brain develops more, we have a bigger idea, a better idea of what should and shouldn't be. And now that voice becomes insistent, that's not fair. And we start to want to stand up for ourselves, but we are still children and we are still helpless. And so we grow into adults who are angry now about what happened to us as children. And now that voice says this, that's not fair. And now it's angry. And we sometimes don't realize that we are acting out from things that happened to us as children. We don't realize that we are angry adults because we were injured children. And we have this cultural norm where when we feel uncomfortable on the inside, we're supposed to seek an elevation, a source, a solution on the outside of ourselves. Every time you watch TV, what are they saying? Do you feel insecure? You need this toothpaste. Do you feel insignificant? You need this car. And so we're always told, if you're feeling uncomfortable, go buy this product. Because then you're going to feel better. Then you'll feel more secure. Then you'll feel more significant. Then you'll feel more accepted by your culture, by your society. And so we have this anger inside of us and we go, I am angry. I am stressed. Who's the cause of this? What is the cause of this outside of me? And then we look and we find the closest person to us. We go, well, must be them because there they are. What did they do? Now we go back into our memory. We go to find something that must have pissed us off. And we will. We will. We'll find it pretty quickly, won't we? When we're looking outside of ourselves, it's always easy to find what someone else has done to make us feel this way. And then we start acting out. We start vomiting our anger on them, our frustration, our dissatisfaction, our insecurity. And then we start looking for solutions. What's going to make me feel better? The quick and easy one, the drugs, the alcohol, yes, the sex. And so these people, sometimes the damaged ones, they will seek relationships outside of their relationships because, hey, that honeymoon period, isn't it easy? Isn't it fun? Doesn't it feel good? Isn't it like having a nice long drink at the end of a day? that takes away that frustration, that edge. And so they start seeking a medicine. And for some of them, it's sex, it's relationships, it's flirtations. It's the person who isn't demanding anything of them, who doesn't expect anything from them. It's the one who says, you're so funny, you're so smart, you're so charming, you're so fun. And distracts them from the fact that they need to fix their shit. So here's what you do with this one. If this is a person who makes you laugh more than anyone else on this planet, and obviously if you're going through difficulty, that's hard to say. You know, certainly during the 10 years when my husband and I were fighting, there were times where he was not making me laugh more than anyone else on this planet. But he was the funniest person I knew. If this person is hardworking, if they make sure that their responsibilities are met, if they ensure, you know, maybe not your sense of security, but at least the sense of security of the children you made together, 
if they are ensuring that they are good people, and if when you hold them, there's a voice in your head that says, it could be so good if we could just clear this static. If all of that is there, all of it, this is a relationship worth salvaging. If the person is willing to look at their faults, look at their issues, look at their history, lean into work, and start fixing this with you. And they need to fix it themselves, obviously. They need to work on their issues. They need individual counseling because what happened to make them do this happened long before you came into the picture. So they need their own counseling. And then you need couples counseling to help you regain the trust, to help you understand what happened. For sure, you need to do some meditation. You need to shrink your fight or flight. You need to reduce your anxiety. You need to increase your hippocampus, which is introspection and compassion. And they need to be accountable for their actions, for their behaviors. They need to be responsible for what they've done. They need to own their behavior. You have the right to demand accountability as a negotiation for staying with them. You have a right to say, you have to let me know where you are, who you're seeing every minute of every day until I trust you again. If you want to stay with me, you certainly have a right to ask for that. They owe you that if they want you to stay because they have wounded you. You need your own help. You need your own therapy to deal with the hurt that that has caused. 100%. This is, this is a long uphill battle, getting back to a good place with this partner. And they need to acknowledge that. And they need to be patient with the process and understand that you need time. And there will be backward steps and there will be emotional vomits. But if this is the person who touches your soul with their humility, with their love, with their devotion. Yes, they cheated. Yes, they cheated. And they own that. But sometimes good people do bad things. And sometimes we need to forgive. But if this is a good man, and he is sorry, and deeply sorry, and he wants to work on his issues, and he is, and he will, then this is worth staying for if you love him. It is your choice. It is 100% your choice. But I will back you up if that is what you choose, if this is a good man. Now the last one. He wasn't in the relationship with you. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say... Oi, our culture has butt-fucked us big time, ladies, okay? I'm sorry for the swear, but I'm laying it out there because all of these dating coaches, oh, they are infuriating me with their advice. They're saying, kiss whenever you want to, just go with the flow, not taking into account the fact that we as women commit with that first kiss, you know, how do I know? Well, 
Look at your behaviors. Look at the behaviors of your friends. Ask them this question, ladies. If you kiss on the first, second, or third date, and then the next day somebody says, can I take you out? Do you say, ah, I'm seeing somebody? Guess what? You committed to a stranger. And these same dating coaches who were telling you to commit to strangers are also saying, don't ask too early where this is going because you're going to scare them off. And I call bullshit on that one. Major BS. Because go to any man you know. And say, when you sit down on a first date with a woman, do you know if you're looking for a relationship at that time or if you're just out there having fun? And let me tell you, you will see the majority of them saying, I know why I'm there. If not all, and I say the majority because I I don't want to speak in absolutes. I don't want to say that I speak for everybody. That's not cool. But I'd be surprised if there was any that said that they didn't. So ask them at the get-go, at the very beginning, when you think you want to explore this, you know, obviously you don't need to have this conversation if you're already telling yourself, I don't ever want to see this person again for whatever reason. You don't need to ask where this is going because for you, it's not going anywhere. But if you want to explore the potential of the relationship, you have a conversation instead of a kiss. And first, you ask about intent. You let them know yours. I've already had my fun. Now I'm looking for a long-term partner to hit these life goals with. Not saying that's you. I don't want to scare you. I don't know you well enough yet to know if this is you. But I'm just letting you know, I'm looking for a long-term partner now. What about you? And let them answer the question. And if they say, I'm looking for a relationship too, then you let them know how you're going to find that relationship. I'm not going to kiss anybody for three months because I don't want to commit to a stranger. It doesn't make any sense for me to tie myself in to someone I don't know and miss opportunities with somebody who might be compatible with me. So I'm not kissing anybody for three months until I find someone that I really want to start a relationship with. And then I'm going to seal it with a kiss. And anybody who doesn't think that that makes sense obviously is thinking more with his dick than with his head. And that one can keep walking. So I hope this helped. I'd love to know what your questions are. I'd love to know how this touched you. Love to know your experience. I've certainly had my experience with cheaters. I have certainly had my experience with cheaters. You know, guys, I don't teach you this stuff because I went to school and read textbooks. I am... I'm like the anti-establishment person when it comes to dating and relationships. I did not want to go work doing therapy for an organization because I hated the way they wanted you to do it, which is you cannot tell your own stories. And listen, the reason why the people who come to me advance so quickly is because I have my stories to tell, because they don't feel alone, because they feel understood. But conventional therapy says you should not share. And not only should you not share, you should not divulge advice. 
the the standard model is you're supposed to listen to what somebody says and let them figure it out. And that blows my mind. People go to therapy because they need help. They can talk to anybody. What is the help in just letting someone talk? I, I get it. I do understand that when somebody comes to their own conclusion, it's a powerful force. But I'd rather not wait months and months and months for somebody to realize what I see right away. I want to I want to hear what's going on and then I want to let you know that I understand and then I want to let you know how I changed that similar trajectory for myself and let you know what this journey is going to feel like, what you can expect and give you reassurances that you will get from where you are to where you want to be. That is so important to me. I want your evolution and I want it to happen as fast as it possibly can. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it will happen as fast as your effort once you know how to do it right. You know, some people, they say, it's, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter how hard you try, it doesn't work. And I say, listen, if you're sitting on one side of a canoe and you're rowing on that one side with one oar, you're going to put in a lot of effort, but you're not going to get anywhere, are you? So it doesn't matter how much effort you put in. What matters is how efficient that effort is. And then the second part is if you choose the wrong person, it doesn't matter how hard you try. It will never be a good relationship. You must be with the right person and then you must put in the right effort. So that is my podcast about cheating today. I'm still thinking about what next week's podcast is going to be. Uh, I'm really, really wanting to do a podcast that's like, you know, your voice, what it is you say, your questions, your feedback, your input. If you have anything you want to add to that, go ahead and send it to me. Uh, I do have a lot already that I love to put in there, but I'm always open to new stuff from you. And on tomorrow's Chantal Hyde show, we are talking about dating. We're talking about first dates. We're talking about how to make that first date amazing, how to make it comfortable. People, the right relationship is a slow burn. If you're looking for the spark, you're looking for the wrong thing. Because think about those, um, those sparklers that you have at your birthday party. And it's like, and it's all sparkly and it's super shiny and it's really fun. And it lasts about 20 seconds and then it burns out. That is what a spark is. It's going to be really bright and flashy for a little bit. And then it's going to burn out. What you want is a slow burn. And I am like, I'm the fire starter here. Like everybody who comes to my parties, they know Chantal's got the fire because I make that thing big and I make it hot. I love a big hot fire. And and in order to build that hot fire, it takes time. You gotta start with the little twigs and then you add the bigger ones and then you add the bigger and then you kind of enclose it in and you add the big ones there. And now it's creating something really super hot and it gets to a point where it doesn't matter what you toss onto it, it is going to burn, baby burn. And that's what I want you to create is something that is so deeply hot that it will take a whole day to put itself out. And that is the most wonderful relationship you can have. This is what I have with my husband. We were a slow burn 
And we are 14 years in. We are more in love. We are more affectionate. We are more cuddly. We are more devoted than we have ever been in our relationship. Because it started as a slow burn. We created a foundation. We got through the bullshit. And now that we are through it, it's been four years now that we've had a fight. And and the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior, which means we are anticipating four more years without a fight. I love it. And he loves it. And this is what I want for you. It's that slow burn. So making your first date comfortable and not looking for the spark, instead looking for character and giving an opportunity for you two to be natural with each other and giving more opportunities to be natural. Don't do an interview. Follow my advice. Sign up for the podcast. Oh, sorry, for the webcast tomorrow. Learn how to have a first date where you're setting the tone for a slow burn to begin instead of showing up for an interview, looking for a spark and walking away because it's not there. And let's get you started on the journey to the kind of relationship where there is no more bounce. There's no getting in a relationship and then bouncing back out because this wasn't the one that you should have gotten into in the first place. No more bounce. No more wasting time. You know? And with my method, you can date multiple people at once. You can do this so many times. And using the no kissing for three months rule means you will not lean into the wrong person Instead, you're going to get to know the right one. And then you're going to seal that deal with a kiss. Uh, And October, uh, what is it? October 8th, I believe. We have our next No More Assholes webinar with Rebecca Thomas from Grand Rapids. She's a life coach. And we are going to teach you and your friends, spread the word, about finding that incredible partner using the no kissing for three months rule. Um, Oh, we got some new videos coming out. I did an interview with just two girls in Toronto. So much fun. There was three ladies. Like, you know, I'm sitting on a panel with three ladies. There was three more ladies across from us. And in the beginning, you know, the the main hostess, she was like, okay, we're going to have like all these questions for you. And I start talking. I'm doing my thing. I'm saying what I say. And we look over and we're like, do you guys have any questions? We're like, no, <laughs> like all answered during that first segment. So there's two videos that are coming out from that interview in Toronto. One of them came out today. It is so much fun. I watched it. I love it. I was laughing throughout it. It's so funny because, I mean, they came at this raring to go, just ready to call guys assholes. And right off the bat, I was like, hey, you know what? Nobody's an asshole. <laughs> and it just... I unbalance people with knowledge and I love it because I see them go into their head and they think, and this is the whole point of what I do. I want you to question what you think you know. I want you to open your mind. I want you to think in a whole new way because the way we've been taught to think when it comes to dating and love is kind of dysfunctional. And I want you to come to a new place. Come come over here, ladies. Come over here, gentlemen. It's so good over here. The water is warm. In this kind of relationship where you're just so in love with each other and that in love feeling doesn't go away. It just keeps growing because you just can't believe how good you feel, how safe you feel, how connected you feel. Ah, 
Ah, it's emotional orgasms. Freaking amazing. And I want it for you. I know you're going to have it because you are listening and leaning in and you're loving what I say and you're telling your friends, you're spreading this knowledge. This is why I repeat stuff. You're going to notice I'm going to repeat stuff because I want you to learn how to say it. And I say this scientific stuff in plain English because I want you to teach it to other people. I want this word to spread. I want so many people to learn this. You know, I said, I want to change the world, but I'll settle for a culture because I really do want to change our culture about dating and about love and about how we lean into each other. That's my mission. Just want to start a revolution. That's all. No big deal. I will continue doing this. I am not stopping, by the way, which means next week you will find me again on the podcast, Dating and Relationship Podcast with Chantal Hyde. Not sure, again, I said this, what I'm going to talk about, but it will be fun. It will be exciting. And I will teach you something that you haven't thought about before, I'm pretty sure. And in the meantime, I will keep creating more blog posts, more videos. Find me on Instagram. I'm on there all the time, posting stuff, responding to people. Same with Facebook. Uh, my YouTube channel is is populated pretty much every week with new content. So do subscribe to that. Sign up for the Chantal Show weekly webinar every Tuesday at 8 p.m. And one of those Tuesdays, once a month, once a month, usually the first or second Tuesday, is going to be the No More Assholes webinar. And there we talk about how to get into the relationship that you want to get into. So do tell your friends about that because we love seeing you there. And if you've done it before, come back. Come and talk about your experience. Come ask your questions. Come give some support to the new ladies that are showing up. We have so much fun on this. And in the meantime, I will get back to work. You will get back to your life. And I will talk to you soon. I love you guys. And I can't wait to see you again.